Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Okay, so um, I guess we are on the same kind of vein for a while now. It's the, the moment calls for it. And today we're discussing healing. Um, it's, 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 it's a thing that I think a lot, are, a lot of people are dealing with. A lot of people are trying to, to deal with grief and all sorts of things. And, and how do I get to heal? Um, I dare say, you know, you can't, you can't kind of snap your finger and get through to healing. But I suppose there are professionals, there are people who, who can assist us. In, in trying to get out of bed, in trying to get you through, in trying to see some sort of some sort of light in, in this very, very dark period that we're in. So we've got two people, a psychologist and an author and an academic as well. Anele Siswana is on the line with us, as well as Pastor Mandla Lupondoana, who is a speaker and director of Together and Forever, both of them on the line with us. It also means that you can be a part of this conversation. You can call in. You can talk about your grief. You can talk about your losses. You can talk about your healing. And remember, healing is not always connected only to what we've been discussing over the past couple of days, loss and grief. It can be for other things as well. You may be dealing with other things and you may, you may need to heal. So you may be one of those people who needs assistance today. We are here with the professionals who are going to help us and hold our hand through it. 011-714-2006. You can also send a voice note on 614 let me start by welcoming my guests onto the show. A very good afternoon, Anele. Also, a very good afternoon to you as well, Pastor Mandla. Good afternoon. Thanks very much, Pumel. Thank you for the, the invitation. So let, let me start with you, Anele. Um, from, from, the, from your profession, is, is, is healing uh, simplistic? In other words, it, there's a blanket rule to what healing is? Um, it depends on the, on the nature of probably the presenting problem or what is the nature of what one is going through. Um, we can count on grief as a result of losing people. Um, we can count on traumatic experiences that have happened to us. We can count on um, misfortunes and quite a number of things that happen in our lives. So uh, there are different levels of where, and again, how we describe healing for me is very subjective because they may have had a significant event that may take me years to actually navigate how I get to that point where this healing that is coupled with with peace. I mean, now with the number of deaths that are, that are happening, uh, you realize in one family over a month there's been quite a number of people that have died as a result of these. Uh, of this um, virus. So healing takes longer because we have to grieve for all of these people by the time things probably go back to normal. When it's, it, Probably that's when people would start engaging with healing and what it means. But um, at the moment, I think with result to loss, it's very difficult. And, and there's someone that works um, from an intersectional perspective, because I'm also a traditional healer, mm-hmm. um, despite that. The, for, for me, um, combining and looking at that world of different cosmologies and understanding, um, we have different ways of engaging um, with healing. 
And again, if I move on to my theological side as a Christian and all, and that, so we, I have different um, compartments of how I think about healing and how people then engage, because there are people who would not necessarily want to see a psychologist. They may want to see a traditional healer mm. um, to find uh, ways of engaging with healing. But for me, as a psychologist who's also a traditional healer, um, that also looks at the lenses of other spiritualities, I draw that there are different ways in which we can make sense of what um, healing is. Mm. Let me bring you in as well, uh, Pastor Mandla Lupondwan. How do you define healing from, from your perspective? I think if we see it as, as, a, as a process of, of, of becoming um, whole, a process of becoming um, healthy. Now, now that could you could say healthy again. Now, when you're saying healthy again or being whole again, um, there's an assumption that things were okay at some point mm. and then something has happened to mess that up. Mm. Uh, but generally, from, from the perspective of a believer, we, we live in a world that as, as, as soon as we come into the world, it's a broken world. And from day one, we, we experience things that mess us up. So we, we are constantly trying to, to get God to help us to become whole, to become um, what we were supposed to be, to become sound, mind, body, spirit. So um, that, that's what it is. Now, in, in moments like these, the, the pandemic comes, and it does not come to us when we are in a perfect world. We already have our issues. We already mm, have mm, our brokenness as human beings. Mm, mm. And, and it simply adds to it. And so when we're talking healing in the context of, of the pandemic, we, we, we are dealing specifically with the outcomes of the pandemic, what the pandemic has done. We're not saying that life was perfect before it came along. We're simply saying it has added to it, something we did not see coming. So, so we need to find a way of, 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 of bouncing back, you know, and, 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 and dealing with whatever it is. And, and God is able to help us to, to become whole in the midst of, of the pandemic. So, you know, um, you've brought up a, a very interesting point about this, the assumption that you can be whole again, you can be whole. And Anil, I want to come back to that because um, the idea that there is this wholeness that mm. you can have. I mean, I, I don't know. Is there anybody whole? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, I like what um, Pastor said in Fundisi about it's about becoming, it's, it's an evolving state. Mm. It's mm-hmm. never um, a once, it's not an event. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we can't push people to get to a point where they heal. And I like what Pastor said, that if we contextualize it in the context of, um, of COVID-19 and, and what people are going through with grief, um, it's going to be a, a state of, if we look at transpersonal psychology, there's sort of a lot that um, it's about People make meaning out of experiences. Mm. Now, how do I make meaning out of experiences when there's so much going on? So we can't be whole, uh, but we can think of wholeness uh, in other compartments of our lives. I mean, if we say someone is successful, do we think that person is whole? Um, What kind of other ways that this person, we can see them as whole because we are always evolving as human beings. And our psyche um, is not one that um, can consider life from one compartment and you actually say I'm whole. As, again, that, that 
there are certain things and realities that people were faced with before COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And now, um, it has even compounded more of what people are going through. I mean, we have become a, a very um, anxious society. and Everything, even myself as a psychologist, the minute I cough, um, I become paranoid. So paranoia and all of those things make us to think differently about all of these academic and nice concepts of wholeness. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to open the lines, if you don't mind, um, so that people can talk about their own healing and struggling with with getting... Um, because when you, when, when you are in grief, and whatever the grief is about, whether it is a loss of a job, and you mentioned a few of those, um, sometimes you, you're reaching for this... Um, this healing and and it just seems so far and evasive and you don't really know how to do it so we're going to be speaking about steps that we can take to take us closer to healing some sort of healing and if you have any questions if you are yourself going through some sort of grief some sort of loss a difficult time um, you may definitely call us 011-714-2006 you can also send a whatsapp on 0614-104-107 at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We're discussing healing. We're discussing how do we get to healing. A lot of people at the moment are going through a lot. Grieving, loss of jobs, grieving, loss of loved ones. There's a lot going on at the moment. And so what we're trying to do is to try and get all of us. Somebody said the other day, this country needs a group therapy session. And of course, it's not that possible to have a, a group therapy session in that way. But we can, in some ways, start the process in little ways. So my guests this afternoon are Anele Siswana, who is a psychologist, as well as Pastor Manda Lupondwana, who's a speaker as a di- and a director of Together and Forever. They're here. They're here to help us get through this point of where we are now to some direction of healing. So can I ask, where do you begin with healing when things are as tough as they are right now? Other people can't even feed their families. There is absolutely nothing on the table. Where do we begin? Anele, let's start with you. I, it's very, it's very, very difficult um, to to navigate what that, that means because of the other reasons that um, I have highlighted. But I, I think it is then now time for people to think about pragmatic ways of how do we engage with all of these factors. That's where therapy comes in. That we, we can't engage on these um, on aspects of healing, on aspects of, of wellness um, and, and spirituality if we don't um, see psychologists, we don't see counsellors, we don't see pastors that can help us to then find um, practical ways of dealing with these things and also on grief, um, on loss, uh, on retrenchment. How do we define life beyond um, losing a job? How do we define life when I have to downgrade? So it's, it's a very difficult process that you need a professional perspective at times where you can really engage with these things. Hmm. Amele, lots of people are, are ashamed to even say, um, I'm at that point where I need help. And, and maybe let me bring in you, Pastor, to say, you know, a lot of people would not necessarily always say, I'm, I'm ready to get help. Often you would see it in their faces. You would see it when you encounter them. We are not seeing people at the moment. 
Yes, yes, we're not. And and um, I'm I'm thinking of the um, safety demonstration when you get on a plane, mm. where they tell you in the event of loss of cabin pressure, mm. the masks will fall off, um, and then you are supposed to to put on your mask before mm. you can help other mm. people. Mm. Uh, that's basically what we need first now. Um, <clears throat> And, and the, the challenge like what we're going through now usually messes up people who are your go-to people, your, your breadwinners, your pillars of strength, the reliable people, the people we look to to be able to. All right. I, I think we're, we're losing you, Pastor. Are you still there? Yes, I'm still there. Okay. Are you? Yes, now we can, can hear you. Hear me? All right. I'm, I'm saying that the people who usually uh, struggle to put on their mask first in a situation like these mm. are the people we usually rely on. Mm. The parent who mm. has to put food on the table generally does not think they should put their mask on first. They mm. think of the kids, everybody who relies on them. Mm. If you're taking care of your parents as well, you think of them. So, so I would say the starting point is, is you, the person who feels that, hey, I've lost a job. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, before you start thinking about how you're going to deal with everybody else, mm. remember... You need to be around to be able to help everybody else. Parents are not trained that way, Pastor. Parents I know. are not trained this is why that someone way. Someone needs to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this is why on the plane they tell us as well: do your mask first before you help your child. But the parental instinct says, let me help my child first, then I'll do my mask second. But but that's the important part of it. That we need to know that you need to be sorted out. This is why I agree with Anel when he says that. You need to talk to somebody. If 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 if, if your issue is, is is to very large degree, if you if you if, if everything around you is going wrong, mm. you need you need something that's gonna give you hope, something that's going to say that that it may not look like it right now, but it's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to be okay, but it's going to be okay. You need that. Um, you, you may get that from the Lord. You may get that from a session with a counselor. You may you may get that from friends, but you need that because without that, you give up. Uh, so, so hope is where you start because that's where you get the reason to get up and think of something and think of going to talk to somebody and think of coming up with something practical. So, so I would say your starting point is hope. You need to be able to go to wh- whatever corner you usually go to to get hope. If you don't have such a corner, of course, okay, I think, would be the starting point. Sorry, Pastor, we, I lost you. You're saying if you don't have the corner, what would be the starting point? My starting point, if you don't have a place where you usually go home, mm. I'm going to recommend the Lord because I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. God would be it for me. Mm. Um, but, but you need a place where you can get that hope. Because without that hope, you will not get up in the morning. Mm. You will not try something. You won't even think of practical solutions that are around you. To me, that would be the first point. Mm. Uh, Anele, you know, uh, the pastor was saying for, for him, yes, he would reference the Lord. There are many, many other things that one can reach to, whether it's music, whether it is reading. And just maybe give us a sense of, of what can people do. I mean, um, I like what um, Pastor said, that um, you, we engage with um, resources that are contextual in our lives. And for instance, that spirituality, from what he's saying, becomes a source of resilience because at the end of the day, what the, the theology of that, you become hopeful, you become resilient, um, because you're engaging with this superpower that gives you the hope and belief that something is in control of that. 
when you go to a therapist, you don't trust the therapist to say, but you trust the process of engaging with that. So uh, with the basic um, tools of what people can use, I often say during this time, people must stop overburdening their cognitive abilities about reading everything and always keeping yourself updated because you're going to be more worried and you become um, anxious. And then you realize that it becomes even worse to depression and all of the other things. So people must um, engage with things, meaning doing things that they are common, um, that they know from my sense. If I get a sense from um, my ancestral beliefs, um, if I get a sense from spirituality, if I get a sense from psychology, if I get a sense on sports, if I get um, satisfaction or kind of hope, from from um, engaging with support groups. Those are the kind of things that people can do. But we need to manage our levels of anxiety and something that we somehow impose on top of what is already happening. Let's take a quick break and go to the very latest in headlines. It is now one thirty. Let me go to Zoleka Kotasha for the very latest here on SABC. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Yes, it's very difficult this time of of COVID. It's, it's really hard. Some people lost their jobs and then some people are still uh, uh, going on, losing their jobs. So it's a mixed thing, and some people are looking for the job. It's very hard to cope with this disease, COVID-19. Yes, it's Simon Mahapi here in Pochistrum. Thank you. Afternoon, Pamelo. It's Zanele here in Damon. Um, healing is a process to me. It's a process. And me personally, I'm not being healed by the words from human or by being surrounded by people who came to support me. I'm being healed by being alone, to be left alone. If I'm being left alone, that's where it's take me time to come to the realization that I've lost, I've lost someone. Thank you, Pamela. Hi, Pamela. It's Begin Tele here in Stenga. I think uh, the the blanket uh, definition for healing would be it is to it is a process of making peace with a situation, whether it's a past situation or a current situation. But when you come to a point where you make peace with that situation, I think that is what healing is. Hmm. So my guest is Anelisa Swana, who is a psychologist and an author, and he's also an academic, um, also a traditional healer. Pastor Manda Lupondwana is also a speaker, a director of Together and Forever, and he's of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are discussing healing. Let me come to you, Pastor, and talk about in times where things are difficult, for whatever the case, the reasons may be, often what also happens is that relationships break down 
And lots of people have been sending these questions about, you know, there is that problem that I have. It's not helping me because I'm not able to keep up with, with my relationships, whether it's a marriage or a partnership. True. That's because challenges like these put a strain on us that, that tax our relationships. Mm. Uh, in, in the sense that relationships thrive on, on time and positivity and understanding and um, positive emotions and words said to one another. When you are going through the stress of losing a job, of losing customers, mm. of being forced to lock down, of experiencing a cut where you have to negotiate with your lenders to, 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 to not pay them this month, where you have to probably get another SIM card because you can no longer answer this phone mm. in peace, where you are losing a loved one or you losing loved ones, plural, where you may have to, 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 to just downgrade your life completely. That it's very difficult to go through that and still have the presence of mind to compliment someone who is next to you, to be able to send kind words. And that's how relationships take, take strain. Generally, as human beings, um, when we take strain, it is the people closest to us that we lash out on. It is the people who, who are close by, the people we love and who love us, that get the short end of the stick. Because even if you're getting a salary cut at work, chances of you shouting at your boss are slim close to nil. But you will get home and you'll probably find someone to shout at mm. where you take out that anger on that person. So it, I, I would say that um, to someone who, 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 who's having a, a, a partner or a spouse or a family member who's just not themselves, that kind of understands that they may not be themselves because they are going through a lot. And, and because of that, I'm not necessarily condoning that people should, should, should probably absorb abuse and so on, but you may see that the person is not the same and the relationship does not have the same levels of attention and the same levels of affection as, as, as it had before of the pandemic and its consequences came into your life. Mm. So the understanding helps. And to the person who's going through it, uh, there are people around you. That's funny enough, as much as it may not feel like it, there is more to life than the problem that is happening. Whether it's the loss of job, you may not know where the income is coming from. Mm -hmm. You may not know where you're going to pay the bills, probably the debit orders that are coming off tomorrow, mm. uh, today, the 15th or the 20th or 25th or end of the month. But right now, well, the debit orders have not come off. You still have another 5, 10, 15 days. So attend to the child in front of you. Attend to the spouse or the partner next to you. Attend to the mother or father that you are dealing with right now because that problem has not experienced itself. If you get paid on the 15th and that's when your debit orders come off and they've bounced, they've bounced. You cannot unbounce them. Uh, they've bounced. Um, what can you salvage? You could probably salvage the rest of the Friday for the people around you. So that's what I would say focus on because... These relationships, the quality of these relationships seriously impact the quality of our lives. The better quality relationships we have, the better quality of lives we have, especially when we go through moments like this. Mm. Anele? I, I love um, how Pastor um, articulates practical theology uh, in relation to our current realities now. Um, I, I like to say, I have never experienced a number of divorces and breakups like I have.
since this time of COVID-19. Really? And I've been thinking, what are some of these factors that contribute to the state of where we find relationships um, and, and marriages? Fundis uh, mentioned something of around um, the finest things of life. I mean, when couples did not have time to, to be together, um, um, do not have the language of how to live with each other, then now, I mean, let's go back to level five. How do I sit with someone that um, I don't know what to do with them? Um, I don't even have small topics or something that I can create a conversation with because some relationships are, are convenient relationships. Mm. Um, some relationships are situationships. Uh, some, we may be married, <laughs> but we may not be in love necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you realize that actually I don't, I'm not in love with this person. So those are some of the factors. And again, factors such as unemployment, um, lack of financial um, stability, where now we have got to downgrade. But some people don't even tell their partners from what I have seen in therapy that um, they work, I no longer work. I hear stories where people will walk out, will go out of their homes and say, I'm going to work. But you realize they're not going to work, but they don't, they struggle. And again, especially with black men that I've worked with, thinking that I can figure it out, um, I'm in control, or things are still okay. And the wife, or whoever your spouse or your partner, has this idea that, okay, things are going well. And it goes back to what um, Pastor mentioned that by the time things get worse, um, you don't have. Um, the capacity to say to your wife things that the bond is going to it's going to bounce and and everything else is not going to work out. So I really encourage people to be honest and and be transparent. That um, it seems as though this month things are going to be difficult. So how do we work around um, the difficulties that we can prevent that can cause a number of strain? and things that we can manage as relationships. How do we create spaces of intimacy with whatever that we have? Again, how do we create um, a space of intimacy and romance when we are stuck up on what are we going to eat next? Mm. So all of those factors, um, they contribute to people's um, levels of decisions that you realize for the longest time I've been with this person, but what am I gaining? Because we have had so much time to reflect. We have had so much time to understand what we need. And again, why am I with this person? And so if those questions um, tend to be something that one engages with, chances are you realize, actually, I want out of this relationship. And, and when you are engaging those who are splitting, are they clear about the reasons? Yes, um, you realize dishonesty or lack of transparency has always been something that has been there. Mm. But now it's intensified that um, I, I cannot stand um, all of these patterns. Because some of the things you know, that you realize that personalities contribute the way a relationship becomes defined uh, and the way that things were. But if, let's say, a situationship, we don't owe each other any level of commitment. Um, so I can easily walk out. Uh, I can easily break up. But with marriage, it's a covenant between two, between God and people. 
it's um, I, I can't let you go, or I, I, if you leave me, female, at the brink of my life breaking, I will always blame you, or I'll guilt trip you to say, how do you drop me when things are this bad? So, and again, some people then stay in toxic relationships because they are scared to leave because of all of these other reasons and fear of wanting to rescue of the other person. Whereas necessarily, I don't love this person, but I'm just um, sympathetic and saving you, mm. but allow me to be myself mm. and, and engage life with the way that I want to. Mm. Let me go to the calls. Entle is calling us from Johannesburg. Entle, hi. Hi, Justine. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for calling. I'm good. I'm just talking with regards to healing. Mm. Mina, I don't know what is the right way to use to mm. heal a person. Because mm. personally, I was getting raped. And it's been a process for me to heal. So much hindrances has happened in my life. I had to deregister for my degree. I had to... I'm now epileptic. Because I get flashbacks, I'm not healing. I don't know what I did. I've prayed, I've done counseling. But every time I close my eyes, I see those guys. I can hear myself screaming. So it's been a lot. How long ago was this, Cynthia? I was raped in March. So this is very fresh. Okay. Um, Let me put it, let me give it to you. um, Annette, let me start with you, Annette. Uh, it, it's quite um, sad that healing again, I, I like what she said, it's very ambiguous for her own experience because she hasn't really gotten to that point. Another caller mentioned something that's so profound where you are at peace and okay with how things are turning out to be and how how, how do I engage with uh, the loss of my purity when you get raped, those things get um, get in the way of people getting the kind of healing that they need. So mm-hmm. I, I always say to people, give yourself the, the empathy that you always give to others. And that would also increase your levels of this pain and misery that it's something that happened to me. I am not a victim. It's an experience that happened. We find meaning experiences and whether they are good or bad. But I, I like her level of honesty to say, mm. I'm still far. And to say subjectively from how I understand what healing is, it's difficult. And it's okay to let it be that, but don't stay too long. Because especially when you don't even know the perpetrator or you are confronted with the perpetrator every day, at some point, that person who did that may not necessarily have the full appreciation of their wrongfulness. And so if someone doesn't have that appreciation, do you hold yourself back because you need that person to say, I apologize? And what happens when that person does not apologize? So we need to give ourselves that empathy and understanding that it's okay to be where I'm at, but I need to get to a point where I, I take myself to that journey um, of what healing may mean for me when I am at that point of peace and being okay with every incident that has happened in life. Are you looking for justice, Entley? You know, I think I've been 
serves as, as God's light in, me in so many ways, mm. so many ways, such that I've given up hope on them. I've been doing my own investigation, mm. but then nothing is coming from their side. When I was raped, my ring, my wedding ring was stolen from me. And then I found my ring. I went into pawn shops. I, I saw, I identified my ring in one of the pawn shops around. And I went and I told the investigating officer that I saw, I saw my ring. But then they they went to, to see that ring, but the shop owner refused to give it to them. It's a process that they must apply to get that ring so that they, it can be identified surely that it is my ring. The shop owner wouldn't even allow me to touch the ring. So it's so much mixed feelings. I, it's, I'm just losing myself. Mm. I'm, I'm losing myself every time I... Because I've got a daughter, a 14-year-old. Mm. It's so... I'm so scared. What my life is just... Pastor, I don't know. I, I'm going to come to you. What, what would you say to end? <clears throat> um, first of all, I'm, 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 it's, I'm, I'm very sorry to end that this has happened. Um, not just the, the, the experience of being raped, but the sense that um, there is no justice, you know, there's no progress. Um, and secondly, I would, I would recommend, and I'm not sure if, she, if this has happened or not, I would recommend that she see a, a, a therapist, a professional. And I'll say this because sometimes from a ministry point of view, we, we pray. And we do offer a form of pastoral counseling. But the experience she has gone through may need specialized expertise to help her to, to, to deal with it so that she can close her eyes and not have flashbacks, so that she can be able to, to, to put her life together and, and live and be able to be a, a mother to her daughter. I will recommend that. Now, that does not replace her faith, her spirituality. The same way when, when someone is, is ill, we pray and still go to the doctor. Um, I, would, I would recommend the same thing to her. And, and I would also, um, I'd like what Anelis said, that it's, 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 it's important that as, as, we, as we deal with, as she deals with something this difficult, that she is gracious towards herself and not set a time frame that it, it happened in March, by now I should be fine. That, that it happened last year, by now I should be okay. There's, there's no time frame necessarily for it, but you need someone who's going to help you to make some form of progress. Um, so that if, if, even the, the lack of progress you see on the investigating side does not get to shut down your life, because your life, you still have your life. You still have your daughter. You still have the people around you, you still have so much. That experience, horrible as it was, did not take your life. And that's the life you need to be able to rebuild and, 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 and live again. So that would be my, my advice to you. Let's get someone who's, who's professional mm. and maybe Andy or maybe your producer, Pamela, would be able to point in the right direction wherever she may be offline um, so that okay. she can get that kind of assistance and, 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 and get going. Let's, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Hello, Pimelo and your um, guest. This is such an amazing topic. 
And from the perspective of a spiritual healer, I often tell people that when they've gone through experiences that may have caused them pain at some point, they need to find a space where they can acknowledge their emotions, the pain that they're feeling. And after admitting that one is feeling whatever it is that they're feeling, and also acknowledging the fact that we're humans, that we will have these experiences at some point and go through these emotions, it is then very, very crucial to take a moment and honor the pain and the experiences and the lessons that come with that, those emotions. And then there are other, um, I call them rituals that one can do to actually be able to let go and forgive where necessary. Hi, Pamela. I think the call from Anthe, that's uh, way devastating. Uh, I'm defeated, I am lost for word in 2021 and we are still battling you know to to attend to rape cases in this country i don't know what else to do i really don't know but yeah our justice system i don't know what to say pamela i really don't know and it's 2021 i'm lost for it call me in Jamesa. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that we need to talk about and we are running out of time, but I'm going to give you the chance to respond to this is feeling helpless, watching somebody going through a difficult time and those watching that person, that sense of helplessness. And as you're hearing from some of the, 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 the messages coming through, what can we do to help each other heal? Let me start with you, Pastor. Thank you, Pamela. Um Sometimes our helplessness comes from from the fact that that there's, we're looking at what we are unable to do. Mm. Um, when when someone has lost their job or lost a loved one or probably has gone through the experience that NK has, we 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 are unable to undo it. We are unable to fix it, and we feel helpless. Mm. And 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 we we underestimate what we can do. Mm-hmm. We we have in both our faith in our cultures a ministry of presence which is generally overlooked the fact that when you're going through something Pamela, sometimes your friend or your sibling or somebody mm-hmm. close to you mm-hmm. will just come and be with you and have no wise words to say they are just there they they let you cry they let you talk about whatever it is that has gone wrong if you don't feel like talking they leave you alone they're just present. That's something that they can do. So I, I would say to people who are feeling helpless, uh, that comes from, from not being able to do something. Look at what you can do. And it could be as simple as presence. And that presence in and of itself is something powerful. It's something that you can do. If, if somebody has lost a loved one, a simple thing as bringing a meal so that they don't have to cook it. You know, the fact that you don't have to think about what's for supper. That alone is something. You may not be able to deal with a COVID situation, mm. but you can deal with this. So, so that's what I would advise people who feel helpless. Hmm. Anale? Um, Add up. So I, I, I want to say, Pamela, um, as a therapist in private practice mm. also, I want to offer free therapy advice virtual. 
fourth, the first five um, people who would call oh, wow. um, offline. Oh, wow. um, usually people who can't afford and those ones who don't have medical aid. Um, they can DM me on my Instagram at analf underscore indigo or oh. bookings at analysiswana.co.za. Oh, bless you, Anele. It's such a, wow, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. We'll definitely get you those details uh, offline as well. I really, really appreciate it. And I also appreciate your time, Pastor Mandla Lupondwana. Thank you so much for both of you for, for the the words of comfort and, and for assisting us in trying to get through this very difficult time. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Anele.